Hey, good morning, Mill Park Baptist Church. So good to be here with you this Sunday morning uh, on a long weekend. Typically, the youth and I and the young adults would be away on state youth games, but um, it's still good that I can be here with you on a Sunday because that doesn't happen very often over the Queen's birthday weekend. Uh, For some of you may be aware, um, I've been away a little bit this week, had a bit of a crazy, crazy uh, weekend, just gone. Uh, My grandfather in uh, regional Victoria passed away this week and so it was a little bit hectic just getting up there to support my nan and and support my mum and my family Um, and I was going to stay up there a little bit longer but um, I'm really glad that I was able to be back here and uh, really glad to share this message with you because I really feel that uh, God's really just been communicating something to me in this message and I was really excited to share it so I'm glad I can be back to do that. Um, And it's going to be a little bit different today, but um, I'm trusting that uh, Jesus still wants to speak through it and and wants to uh, speak to you wherever you are at this morning in your journey. So I'm just going to kick it off by having a look at the scripture, and I'd love it if you could turn with me uh, to John chapter 21, verses 13 uh, to 21. We're continuing our our Peter, just the fisherman series, and uh, Jesus has um, risen from the dead and he's meeting with some of the disciples, they're having breakfast on the beach, and that's where we pick up the story from verse 13. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And it says here that Jesus said these things to indicate the death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This is the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? I want to to title this message today, What's Cooking Good Looking? Because they're having beach. Jesus has just cooked for them on the beach. And, um, you know, he just rose from the dead. He's in his resurrection body. I don't know what your theology is today, but I dare say he was looking pretty good. You know, you can argue with me on that if you want, but I'm serious. I reckon he must have been looking pretty good. So what's cooking, good looking. And I can't help but wonder, you know, why on earth are they eating fish for breakfast? Like, come on, if you can have any breakfast you want, why on earth would you be eating fish for breakfast? I mean, if I go out to a restaurant for breakfast or a cafe, um, maybe you could get some salmon 
uh, with some eggs or something like that, but I'm not much of a fishy eater at all, so I'd never be getting salmon for breakfast. Me, I'm more of a, a poached eggs kind of guy uh, with bacon on toast, maybe some hash browns or even like a corn fritter. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, but even then, you know, that, that's evolved over time. I used to only eat fried eggs. I didn't eat poached eggs, and, and my tastes have evolved. Each morning I wake up and, and my breakfast is uh, one slice of Vegemite toast. I'm a happy little Vegemite, as bright as bright can be. And um, I have a coffee. With that, I sit down. I, I have a, a long black. I used to have a flat white, but that's changed and evolved over time too. Sit down, chuck on some worship music and do my quiet time and have my breakfast. And um, Vegemite is one of the, the closest things to my heart because growing up I was a very fussy eater. And I'd go around to friends' houses and they'd, you know, be having meat and three veg and I wouldn't want to eat the vegetables so they'd pull out the Vegemite and, and the bread and go, here you go, have your own dinner. So I got used to eating a lot of Vegemite and that's why it's pretty close to my heart. But, you know, as I said, if I was going out for a, a treat, I'd go out, I'd get bacon and eggs or at home I'd have my Vegemite toast. Or, you know, if I'm doing a mentor catch-up for work with someone, we might meet at Macca's and I might shout at Macca's for breakfast. My go-to at Macca's is a uh, sausage McMuffin, uh, hash brown, and uh, I have a, an espresso at Macca's because their coffee is terrible. And so I figure if I get it as simple as possible, there's no way they can ruin it, you know. But if we're talking like really, like a really good treat, like bacon eggs is a treat, but like really, really good treat would be like waffles with like whipped cream and chocolate sauce. Like that is the breakfast of champions. I love that awesome, like awesome pancakes with um, bacon and maple syrup, like so sugary, and that's why it's a rare, rare treat, but I absolutely love that. Um, maybe if I'm on holidays, I'll, I'll treat myself to a bit of like sugary cereal, like some Milo cereal or something like that, but there's so many different types of things that I have for breakfast that sounds so much better than me than fish, and so I wonder for you, what is it that you have for breakfast every day, or what would you have for breakfast if you're treating yourself? Hey, what would you cook if you had friends coming around for breakfast? What would you cook if Jesus was coming around for breakfast? Or better yet again, what would you cook if Jesus asked you to cook for someone else? And that's why I want to title this message, What's Cooking Good Looking? Because I wonder... What is it that you would cook when Jesus asks you to cook? Because it says here in John 21, three times Jesus says, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. And so there's no, there's no confusion here. Jesus is asking us to feed his people, to look after his people. There's no confusion there. If, if we were to try to understand this passage only to be in terms of that is for Peter and Peter alone, that would be like taking the Great Commission and saying that was only for the disciples. But no, Jesus wants all of us, if we identify as followers of Jesus, to be people who feed his people. And so if you take nothing else away from that message today, it's as simple as that. Jesus wants us to feed his people, to take care of his people. But as a pastor and, and, and with many conversations I have with people all the time about what it looks like to be a disciple maker who makes disciples who makes disciples, we don't always know where to start. We don't always know what it looks like to feed 
Jesus's people, to take care of Jesus's people. And so I've got three points today that I want to share with you that are going to help you build your character to become a person who can feed Jesus's people. And if you wouldn't identify as a follower of Jesus today, then I still believe there's plenty to learn from this message today. If nothing else, it may inspire you to be more confident and more kind in the kind of person that you are. And I'm sure there's plenty of us that need a benefit from that today. So I'm going to share with you these three points as we go. And the first point that I want to talk to you about is don't oversell your cooking. I'm not a very good cook, so a lot of, a lot of my cooking analogies today are going to be about my wife, Tash. I think her cooking is amazing. Um, I really better be careful not to oversell it, though. Um, I, I naturally can't cook very well at all, so I've got to talk about her cooking analogies. Actually, one of my friends, when I told him I was going to do this message, said that I should preach this message while cooking. That would be a great demonstration, but that would be absolutely horrendous. So we're not going to do that. Maybe I should have worn an apron or something like that. But point number one, don't oversell your cooking. You see, I love my wife Natasha's potatoes. She does the most golden brown, crispy, salty, oily potatoes in the oven. And she does any number of other veggies the way I like them as a fussy eater. She's, she's trained me to eat them by making them so yum and, and suiting my needs and my tastes. But I've always had this concern that if I invite someone over for dinner and I say, Tash is going to cook a roast and it's going to be the best roast you've ever had, the potatoes are going to be the best you'll ever, ever eat, that they'll come along and maybe we've got someone coming for dinner who's super health conscious. And they're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't like these potatoes. Like, they're too oily. Like, they're too salty. Uh, they're not very healthy. They're not very good for you. Or maybe I'll have someone come over who really likes soft potatoes. And they're like, these potatoes are too dry. You know, these potatoes are too crunchy. I like it a bit, a bit softer. And so I'm really, I'm really careful not to oversell her cooking because I don't want to raise the bar too high and let people down and disappoint them by making them think it's better than what it is. You know, Peter here, he doesn't need to justify his love to Jesus. He, like Jesus asked him, do you love me more than these other disciples? To which Peter simply replies, you know I love you. Is that not enough? Do I need to say any more than that? Like, you know my answer. Why, why should I add to it? Why should I say more than what I need to say? You know, I've been reading this book lately um, by a man named Robert Morris. Actually, the Darwads gifted it to me when, I, when I, I purchased the house with my wife last year. And I've been reading it lately. I'm not finished it yet, but it talks about the concept between a poverty mindset and a pride mindset. A poverty mindset is when someone compliments you on your nice suit, you say, uh, you know, I got it half price. Oh, you know, just whatever, got it half price. But then a pride mindset when someone says, hey, hey bro, nice suit. It's like, well, yeah, it's, it's tailored. You know, that's a pride mindset. But Jesus is asking for us just to have a gratitude mindset. Jesus wants us just to just be able to say thank you. Hey, you got a nice suit. Thanks. It's as simple as that. And it says, you know, in the book of Matthew, I think chapter 5, it says, you know, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's enough. 
And so we don't need to try to over-justify our response and try to make it up more or less than what it is. It should be enough just to say it as it is, like, yes, I love you, and that should be enough. Point number two, um, if you want to be someone who, who feeds Jesus' people to get yourself ready for that, is you need to forget about the burnt toast. You know, uh, Tash cooked a lasagna the other day, and it was the first lasagna she's ever cooked in our three and a half years of marriage. She's always said to me that she's never wanted to cook one because she hasn't mastered the, the art of cooking a white sauce. She says every time she tries it, she stuffs it up and she burns it and it's no good. And I was sitting on the couch the other day and she just, she comes up to me, she's like, I'm going to try to cook a white sauce today. And she cooks this white sauce and she makes a lasagna and I'm telling you, it was the best lasagna I've ever had. Now, I know what you're thinking. I have to say that because I'm her husband. <laughs> but to me, it was the best lasagna I've ever had. You know, as I said, I'm a fussy eater. I don't always like a lot of veggies. And to me, like it had the perfect like vegetable to meat to sauce to pasta ratio, you know. But someone else may think it was not the right ratio. But for me, it was the best ratio. I loved the ratio and I loved that lasagna. But you know, if Tash always thought about her past, always thought about her mistakes, I never would have got to enjoy the best lasagna I've ever tasted if she's so concerned with the burnt toast or the burnt sauce that she's done in the past. She needed to move on and she needed to try again. And, and the perfect example for us here is Peter. Peter needed to forget about his past mistakes. Peter needed to move on from his past and put it and leave it in the past and begin to move forward because we know elsewhere in the Bible that Peter had denied Jesus. He said, I'll never deny you. And then he denied him three times. And then Jesus here gives him three opportunities to say, I love you. And he responds and, 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 and acknowledges that he loves him rather than denying him. And he sort of, he, he's makes, he remedies or he is just takes a step to go forward again, despite the fact that he has made mistakes in the past. And he and redeemed is the word I was looking for. He redeems himself by making three good choices. You see, if Peter always dwelt on the past and never looked past his mistakes, he would never have gone on to find the early New Testament church and be the head of it. And that's the Peter we're talking about here because he didn't dwell on the past. You know, they say that the road to success is paved with failures. So we can't allow our past mistakes to hold us back. You've got to learn to forget about the burnt toast if you want to be someone who feeds Jesus' people. Point number three, if you want to be someone who is focusing, uh, uh, to, who's feeding Jesus' people, you need to learn to focus on your own cooking. As I said before, I'm not a very good cook, um, but if there was one claim to fame that I have in the kitchen, it would have to be the frozen pizza cooking master. I'm telling you now, I'm not joking, I'm not messing around. I'm the frozen pizza cooking master. I don't know what it was about my childhood growing up, being a fussy eater. You know, I'd get to the table, I wouldn't want my mum's cooking. So she'd be like, well, make your own dinner. So one of my all-time favourites was the frozen pizza. Go to the freezer, pull it out, chuck it in the oven. I knew just the right temperature. 
I knew just the right time. And a little, a little secret tip at the end there, you pull it out of the oven, you chuck it in the grill and you get the top golden brown. I was a frozen pizza cooking champion. Since we've been married, I got gifted a pizza stone to go in the oven. That's next level as well. It takes your pizza game to another level, I'm telling you that much. But if I want to be the best frozen pizza cooker, it takes focus and it takes time and concentration. I can't afford to forget to put a timer on. I can't afford to change the temperature. I can't afford to wander out because I'll be like, oh, you know, I've got 12 minutes. I'll just go outside. Maybe I'll put the bins out while I'm waiting for my pizza. It's a Sunday night, having a frozen pizza at home. Let's put the bins out before they come Monday morning. And so I go out, I put the bins out, and as I'm walking back into the back door, I can smell something. What's that smell? Is that, is that a spit? Is the neighbor cooking a spit? Oh, goodness me, I, I love a spit. I've got a mate who cooked a spit for me last year. He's been, he's been really getting into it and he loves it. And it was some of the best spit roast lamb I've ever tasted in my life. It smelled amazing and tasted so good. Imagine if I'm out putting out the bins and I smell my neighbor's spit and I get so caught up in, oh man, I wish I could cook a spit. I wish I was having a spit for dinner, you know, before I know it. I've burnt my pizza. I'm no longer the frozen pizza cooking master. I've just spent time, I've forgotten about it and I've lost my concentration and I'm no longer good at cooking a frozen pizza because I was too busy focusing on what my neighbor was doing over the fence. You see, Peter here is asking, what about John? Jesus says, follow me. And Peter turns And his attention is on John. Jesus says, like, he doesn't say this, but, you know, I imagine he's sort of thinking, like, you know, you need to worry about yourself. Don't you worry about what he's doing. You worry about yourself. You see, comparison is, is absolutely the worst. And we can spend time focusing on other people's gifts and where other people are going and what they're good at, or we can spend time focusing on ourselves. So all I can do is focus on where I'm heading. All I can do is focus on following Jesus myself. I need to focus on my own cooking because I've got gifts and abilities that other people don't have, and I need to, I need to focus on them and be the best at those. There's no point looking over the fence at my neighbor's spit wishing I could have had that. I need to focus on myself. And so I wonder, as we think about being people who feed Jesus people, as we prepare to get ourselves ready to be people who God can use to feed his people and work out how we're going to do that, How are we going at at preparing ourselves for that? How are we going at, you know, focusing on our own cooking or not overselling ourselves or forgetting about the burnt toast, forgetting about the past mistakes? How are you going focusing on your own cooking? What are your gifts that God has given you to use that you need to worry about? 
because he's given you gifts that are uniquely exclusive to you and you and you need to use them not worry about your neighbor over the fence and what they're good at just be you be the best you you can be i've got to be honest with you as a pastor this is this is one of the big ones for me that concept of comparison you know it's easy to look at another pastor from another church and think you know well i'm not as good of a communicator or i'm not as extroverted i'm not as energetic i'm not as good at partial care whatever it may be but you know what if i spent all my time worrying about what's over on their fence on their side what they're gifted at i'll never be able to focus on the gifts god's given me and do what he's called me to do you know without being arrogant one of the things i'm better at as a pastor is a leadership development and so i need to learn to harness that and focus on that and be the best leader developer i can be because that's who god's called me to be i need to focus on my own cooking i need to focus on my own walk with jesus and my own gifts and talents and i wonder is that something you need to focus on today your own walk your own talents your own gifts and stop comparing yourself to other people and start looking after yourself i wonder do you ever find yourself overselling yourself you know talking yourself up or or finding yourself in a situation where you want to sound better than what you are if we want to be people who lead jesus's people we need to do that with humility and with kindness and respect and authenticity and if we're out there trying to make ourselves sound better than what we are or even the opposite of that as i said have a poverty mindset and try to play ourselves down too much we're not even living and being honest with who we are we need to be able to just be okay be okay with what your answer is like as peter did you know i love you is that not enough like this is who i am is that not enough i don't need to be more i don't need to be less this is just who i am take it or leave it i'm doing the best i can is that you do you need to work on perhaps a pride or a poverty mindset and just and just leave it as it is you know so often we we try to justify our actions and we try to explain our way out of things like what does it look like just to say it as it is not not in a in a mean or disrespectful or passive aggressive way but just be honest and just and just let our response be what our response is and not have to try to justify it or excuse it and be honest with ourselves i wonder have you been focusing on the burnt toast have you been looking back at your past and your past mistakes and, and and they're holding you back they're not letting you move forward because you're so shell-shocked by your past mistakes that you that you can't even look forward because they're holding you back what does it look like for you to let go of those past mistakes today in order to be someone who can feed jesus's people who can look after Jesus's people. I don't know what mistakes you've made in the past. I don't know what 
what's happened for you in the past. I don't know what might be holding you back today. But what I can tell you with 100% certainty is that Jesus came to take away whatever mistake you have made. Jesus came down to earth to die on the cross to pay the price for your or my mistakes. And as a result of paying the price for that mistakes, you know, it says in the Bible that he no longer views us that way, but he views us as righteous. That is, he views us as if we haven't, haven't made those mistakes. That's how he views us. And so what does it look like for you to let go of your past, let go of your past mistakes and, and step into the future with confidence because you're not defined by your past, your, your past and your failures. And you can move forward and you can make a difference. Perhaps you've never known Jesus. You've never had a relationship with him. You never knew that this story of a man who came down to earth who died a sinner's death on a cross to pay the price for your sin and for mine. You never knew he did that for you. I'd love to give you an opportunity to thank him for that, to recognize that and ask that Jesus to come into your life. And, and as I said, thank, thank him for taking away those mistakes. Maybe you, you wanna pray along with me now, just a simple prayer like this. You just pray, Jesus, I'm thank you. I thank you for paying the price for my mistakes. Thank you that you love me. And thank you for just taking away all the things I've done wrong that are against you. Jesus, I want you to come into my life and I want to know you. Amen. And if you've made that decision to follow Jesus and to ask him to come into your life and, 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 and thanking him for taking away the mistakes that he, you have done by his death on a cross, and we'd love to hear with you from you. We'd love to get in contact with you and just work with you and journey with you through that decision. And I, and I believe it's the best decision that you will ever make. But I can't help but wonder as, as, a, as a church and as a people, as a community, who, who are making decisions to, to, to adopt a character that's gonna help us be people who feed Jesus' people. How much Jesus is gonna do in and through us. You know, this community is gonna absolutely blow up when we're all out there confident in who God's made us to, us to be, using our gifts for who he's made us to be and, and harnessing them, not chasing after other peoples, but being true to who he's made us to be, who he designed us to be. You know, we're people who aren't, aren't shackled by the past. We're not ashamed of our past, but we're stepping forward with a bold future. We're moving ahead. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. And I can't help but imagine a church that is so confident and moving ahead in who they've been made to be. And people are coming to know us from all over the state, all over Victoria, because they see a countercultural community, a different community who are confident in who God has made them to be and are free from the chains that have held them back in the past. That's the kind of church I want to be. And I want to encourage you, can you be someone who can cook for Jesus, who can feed his people? Let me pray.
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this story of Peter. I thank you so much, Jesus, that you redeemed him. And despite his past mistakes, you brought him back. And you used him powerfully to be the man to pioneer your early church, Jesus. And I pray for us today that we can be that people too. We can be a people who move on from our past. We forget about the burnt toast. And people who don't try to trump ourselves up or trump ourselves down, but are just true to who we are. And God, people who are focused on our, our own gifts and our own abilities, God, you can use us. Help us to rely on you and help us to be used by you for your kingdom glory. We pray these things in your name. Amen.